This is Kenyon Drake, and you listen to Roster Watch. Gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with the Trash Man, and we are doing our best to bring you as many podcasts as possible uh, here during this time. But we are not going to be able to continue unless we get more ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts. With that being said, Trash Man, what the hell's going on, brother? Uh, not too much. Looking outside at a slightly overcast day. It'd been nice here the past couple of days in Austin. I'm looking outside. I was able to go, I'm looking outside. Go outside and walk my dog. Uh, I I was just I was doing the whole thing where you look outside at the uh, FedEx guy that's walking up and you're begging and pleading and hoping he <laughs> looks at you so he knows not to knock at the goddamn door during the podcast. <laughs> Thankfully, he saw me right at the very end. Thank goodness, man, for our uh, for our everybody out there like the FedEx guys and the Amazon guys and. Everything else, we probably don't take enough time here on the pod just to say thanks to, I mean, like my, um, like my trash guys and I was just, you know, people are out there, man, keeping the world going for us and, you know, we can't, we can't thank them enough except for the fact that, do, do you realize what a, what a webcam shortage that we're having right now, trash man? <laughs> I mean, I, I only know from talking to you. I finally, I, I was sense. finally, I was finally able to order a, order a damn webcam. I had to go on like... I, there's none on Amazon, and the, and the assholes on there that are probably the same ones selling toilet paper and hand sanitizer are marking these things up <laughs> four and f- four and five x. I had to go on Logitech.com and like just for every webcam, I said you know when it's back in stock, send me an email. They sent me an email for this one that was just so much more expensive and better than I even need to do our YouTube stuff, and I still just had to buy it. You know, I said to Instacall the minute that it came up because it's like I guess everybody is going you know going to work from home and. Um, doing the telecommuting stuff and I think they're just needing to buy these buy these webcams either that or everybody's getting into the whole um I believe that there's some sort of pornography stuff where you can use a webcam too right? <laughs> you believe there is yeah, I, think, I think I think I think that might be a uh, that might be a thing that happens yeah I, uh, yeah goodness man it's a weird it's a weird woolly wor- world out there man can't imagine hey, people get people got to make money somehow during these times yeah yeah uh, did you hear about boober eats Say what? Boober Eats. <laughs> no. A strip club did it in some city, man. They're sending their strippers out there to, to uh, deliver food for everyone. Um, all right. Are they Let's, are they topless when they do it or what? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, I, I think so. I mean, you got to figure. I, 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 I don't mean, know if that's I did, that can't be sanitary. I just saw. Well, come on. Do you think these dirt balls care about sanitary? <laughs> sanitary? Um, These days, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Well, you, you, all right. We're, look, we're not here to talk about any of this stuff. We're, <laughs> we're, we're here to talk football. Uh, let's just get into it. I want to talk about – we're going to talk about Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt, the running back. Trash man got his um, evaluation and, and his rookie profile up for him at rosterwatch.com for our pro members. Go there and check it out. It was one where I really didn't add much except for, you know, our, the transcription of his combine interview and – uh, the different stuff that they had from the 
uh, you know, just some of the different spark stuff and the market share stuff and the college dominator stuff, but really just kind of kept it as trash man had it. Cause I, I found myself agreeing with a whole lot of his takes after getting to see Keyshawn Vaughn for one day at the senior bowl and kind of watching his tape before that event. So we'll talk about him. I want to talk about some of the risers and followers over the last 10 days on uh, best ball tens and maybe talk about why these guys are rising or falling. Cause there's some kind of inter- there's, there's some obvious ones, but also some sort of interesting ones. We're also going to get to some news and notes about some of these, uh, some of these most recent transactions here as we get to the, the sixth wave of free agency. I don't even know which one we're on anymore. Uh, we're getting to the dregs of free agency trash, man. Any of these, uh, bits of news and notes that you want to hit on first? Um, how about, I know you guys talked about it. Um, in the last pod, but Melvin Gordon to the Broncos. Do you like it? And I I like it. I just don't know if it's going to be a three-headed monster. No, it's not going to be. I, I don't think it'll be a three-headed monster. So we're talking about Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, and uh, Melvin Gordon. And look, trash man. I mean, the 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 word there from like the Mike Clisses of the world and those dudes that are like. In good with John Elway, you're saying that they they view Melvin Gordon as sort of a workhorse runner, and it's crazy because a lot of the local media in there, and, and you know, Byron said this is cockamamie, but I sometimes take stock in what the local media that's real close to the team sort of has to say. And a lot of those guys are surmising that they think it's you know, there's so much of the opinion that Melvin Gordon's going to kind of eat up a majority of the workload that a bunch of those guys are tilted because they've grown to become sort of fans of Philip Lindsay. You know, the hometown kid, apparently he's also really nice to the media, humble guy. And they're saying, I can't believe that they gave Philip Lindsay's money to Melvin Gordon. And that's what we're hearing a lot of these reporters say. But it just feels like Royce Freeman's out. Feels like he's out, Trav. I mean, maybe he sucks. Hey, hey. Maybe I, he sucks. Hey, I was, never, I was never a big Royce Freeman fan coming into the league. I I, I I listened to what you guys were saying about him, but I, I never believed in Royce Freeman. Why did you never believe in Royce Freeman? I just didn't think he was an exceptional back. I thought he was kind of a plotter. I thought he was, I mean, he's a big guy, but I, I never, I didn't think he was a special back. Let's see. Okay. Royce Freeman, University of Oregon, roster watch. Let's see what trash, this, this was a trash man article. You compared him to... Jonathan Stewart, Alfred Morris, and Samaj P. Ryan. And those, and those guys are, are kind of similar. <laughs> those, guys, those guys suck. Uh, you said that – you said Freeman's a scat back and a power runner's body. He's got quick feet and runs with steam. He's capable of running through defenders. He more often chooses to evade them with his keen ability to change direction while avoiding contact. Uh, let's see here. He says obvious weaknesses that he lacks breakaway speed. He's likely to be a high five four four five forty type guy. What did Royce Freeman run at the combine? You wrote this pre combine. Uh, I don't remember Royce Freeman's forty time. You had him four point five four. So you were right about that. Trash me. Look at this. What you say is you said that Freeman looks like a throwback to the big power runners of old, but his skill set belies that conception. So that's what you've always said. That's what you've always said. He's a big guy that doesn't that, that doesn't play like one. Um, I just, I mean, forget. Look, here's I, the here's I, the I, thing. I, well, he can he can catch, he can catch out of the yeah, backfield. You yeah. can see, like, I mean, the the worry for me coming out was like the same as you. It's like 
he's big, but he's sort of like this pass catching back. And also, you know, he went back for his senior year, and he has he had so much wear and so much tread on the tires that it was just like. It's like, man, you know, and it's the same the same issue that we're just kind of overlooking with Jonathan Taylor just because he's so he seems like he's he's so special, just all the wear, but he's also only been three years. You know, Royce Freeman really had that sort of that same sort like a Monte ball type of, you know, touch volume over the course of four seasons there. And the fact is, man, like at the NFL level, Royce Freeman just hasn't he just hasn't looked good. He he really he really has not looked well, good when, when I don't given know the opportunity. If it's even that he hasn't looked that it's just he, Philip what, what do you mean? He, so he hasn't. I'm just, I'm just saying he hasn't looked great, but I'm saying Philip Lindsay's an undrafted free agent, man. Like like he came well, in that, at the same what time I'm as saying is like and he's every did is out exactly. every turn. That's what I'm saying. If, if you let me say it, Philip Lindsay has just looked so much better. And I think that's kind of where it's, it's it confuses me a little bit with the Gordon because basically you have someone who's kind of like an Austin Eckler and Philip Lindsay, maybe a little bit more in between the tackles than Eckler, but we saw for the Chargers, Eckler kind of outplayed Gordon for the most part, and kind of now you're bringing Gordon into a situation where, I mean, <laughs> you might see something like that happen again if he, if Lindsay's given the opportunity. But I mean, as it stands, and then they're going to give Gordon uh, the the line share it carries. I like it for Gordon. Denver, you know, they're kind of unsure at quarterback right now. I think they're going to rely a lot on the run. Well, I, I, I think that they're pretty. I think that they're pretty sure of what they have in Drew Locke, even though if they're wrong, you know, I, I think that they like him. Uh, here's my question, Trash Man: When what kind of bizarro world do you have the 240 pound guy that's like your pass catching back, and then your between the tackles grinder and your slashers, <laughs> little Philip, little undrafted Philip Lindsay? Philip Lindsay doesn't catch. <laughs> he doesn't. How many? How many catches did? How many catches did Philip Lindsay have last year? I mean, it, I, I, let me just see if I can pull it up. Like, I, I, I should probably just have this stuff always pulled up when I'm doing these podcasts. But um, Philip, Philip Lindsay. So stats. Let's see. Philip Lindsay last year had. Is this right? Huh. Well, he had he had thirty what thirty five receptions last year for one hundred ninety six yards. I mean, that's probably that isn't that bad. He he had as many catches last year as Joe Mixon, which is absolutely wild considering what an awesome receiver Joe Mixon is, just as far as his general skill set. For receptions, uh, Philip Lindsay was twenty eighth in the league among running backs uh, to to record a reception. So. Basically, I mean, Royce, Royce Freeman had 43 receptions last year, and that was – so you look at Philip Lindsay had 224 attempts and 35 receptions. Royce Freeman only 132 attempts and 43 receptions. It's clear that Royce Freeman was the pl- player that they thought was the better receiver out of the backfield – now you bring in Melvin Gordon, who's a good receiver out of the backfield. You've never wanted to use Philip Lindsay in that way. I just want to know what kind of whack, what kind of wacky, you know, <laughs> committee is this? It's a cockamamie committee. Yeah, but maybe it's not a committee. I think it's Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I think it's Melvin Gordon. I think Philip Lindsay's going to get a little bit swindled and be like less of a less of a one B as he is just a two, with 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 Royce Freeman just being a fucking zero. 
probably so. Are you, are you are you are you holding on to Royce Freeman and Dynasty? Is there even any hope? Like clearly you can't trade I, him. I right never now. I never owned Royce Freeman and Dynasty. All right, well I own him in Dynasty. What the, <laughs> what should I be doing? Um, I, I think maybe he could catch on somewhere else in the future. I mean, like, what would your favorite maybe, team? What would your favorite landing spot for Royce Freeman be? Hey, they maybe say, in, they say the Bucks maybe, are looking for a pass. Maybe in Tampa back. Bay, I was about to say. Yeah. Like the Bucks that. are looking for a pass catching back. Maybe that's somewhere where he could end up. He, who, he wouldn't have much competition there. Who who else could end up there? Now that we have the news that Bruce Arians says he's looking to looking to add a pass catching back, which really, really, it you feel like that hurts Ronald Jones because it tells them that he is not going to be. Um, he's probably not going to be a guy that Arians at least thinks of. Offense. Yeah, thinks of coming in as a dude who can and. Here's the thing: to be a good pass catching back for the Tom Brady offense, it's so hard to even say that now that Tom Brady's in, it's still weird to say. <laughs> but to, to be a good pass catching back in the Tom Brady offense, you need to be a James White, dude. You need to be a bulldog in pass protection. I'm not sure that Royce Freeman truly is. Um, is you know like I I, I could probably hey, I should have probably looked at. I didn't know we were going to talk about this, or I would have looked at his PFF grade for for pass protection from last season, but I, I, I doesn't, it doesn't seem like we ever heard anything about him being super bad in that, in that regard. No, but maybe this, maybe this is the spot where your boy Antonio Gibson could end up. Ooh. Oh boy. Would I love to see Antonio Gibson go to, Oh goodness. It would, I mean, it would be perfect. It would be perfect. I, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't, I, let's see. So blocking reports, Blocking and allowed pressures. Let's just see these running backs and pass blocking efficiency where Royce Freeman stacks up. So let's see. Freeman. Not sure that he even has enough. Let's see. Pass block efficiency. I wish we could do it with, um, oh, let's see a minimum of snaps. Okay. Let's see where we get Royce Freeman showing up here. At least 20% of these snaps. Devontae Freeman. Royce Freeman's a shitty blocker, it looks like, compared to the... Oh, wait. His pass block efficiency, or his pass block percent... Oh, all right. So pass block percentage, he would pass block on 13.4% of his uh, passing snaps. His, uh, his pass block efficiency was actually not that bad. 40th out of, uh, 40th out of basically 100 qualifiers. 40th out of how many? No, 40th out of 60 qualifiers. So he's down yeah. at the bottom end. Uh, it's, was, was, was he even better than Philip Lindsay? No, Philip Lindsay was the worst. Um, <laughs> Philip Lindsay was the worst of all these guys uh, besides Brian Hill, 59th, 59th out of 60th. Who are, the, who, who, are the best, who are the best pass block efficiency guys in the league last year um, with a decent number of snaps? Kareem Hunt, Josh Jacobs, Mark Ingram, Shady, Jamal Williams. So you always – I wonder where Aaron Jones was on this list. Aaron Jones was 30th out of 60, so right in the middle of it. But J- J- Jamal Williams being up there, is that like the least surprising thing ever, Trash Man? <laughs> do you, it's not very – well, why, be, Because why else would he ever be in the game? Because a guy like Aaron – because a, a guy like Aaron Rodgers wants a guy that can that can block well like like that, right? So, yeah. Um, uh, it looks like Chris Thompson is right up here. Is Chris Thompson 
some kind of free agent right now. Uh, Chris Thompson, I believe, is... Do they have an option on him? Let me just look on spot track and see. He's right up there as far as pass blocking, and he's a guy you could see. Uh, you, you talk about a pass catching back if he's healthy. Um, he's so, you know, so so he's an unrestricted free agent right now. Yeah, I, I, I think that Chris Thompson would be a good option for the Tampa Bay Yeah, Buccaneers. that would be a good option for the Buccaneers. I haven't seen any buzz on him. but uh, Which yeah, is surprising so to me. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, it's the kind of thing where he made. I mean, could he could he have gotten signed and we just and we just missed it? I mean, I don't think that would have happened. But I didn't. There's I didn't been see so any much. News there's been him. so much news. Um, there's no new news on Chris Thompson. Yeah, the Redskins, right? So, and when they brought no, here's here's what the news was: is that the Redskins signed they 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 were going after J D McKissick, which which made you think that Chris Thompson was out of there. So it looks like he's going to. Uh, Looks like he'll be gone. I would love to see. I would love to see him there in Tampa Bay. Speaking of Tampa Bay, it's looking like Antonio Brown isn't Not going to be going there. Now, does that change your mind on Chris Thompson, knowing that he's going to be the slot wide receiver for Tom Brady in a slot wide receiver friendly offense of Bruce Arians? I think I'm going to move you, him back you said up to number Chris five. Chris Thompson? No, Chris Godwin. No, I'm Chris sorry. Chris Godwin. Yeah. I think I'm moving him back up my rankings. I got a little bit spooked for a little while because that's Antonio Brown talk. But as of now, I think that Chris Godwin, I mean, I think if I get to pick, let's see, if I get here to somewhere around pick, oh, shoot, I don't know, maybe the 2-3 turn, maybe pick 2-11, 2-10. I think you have a tough decision there if you're going wide receiver between Julio Jones and Chris Godwin. Really? Yeah. Wow. What do you think of that? I mean, I'm. <laughs> I, mean, I think I, I pick I Julio. Think I think I pick Julio. Julio's but a I, done deal for me there. Okay, well then, what about then? Then who's after Julio? Is it Godwin? Is it Mike Evans? Is it Amari Cooper? Is it DJ Moore? I like Amari Cooper. Even with the news that Antonio Brown's not going not going to be going there. I just think. That between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, I just, I don't think they're going to be as uh, productive as they've been, at least this past year. I don't th- I don't think Tom Brady's I think he'll be efficient, but I don't think they're going to throw the ball up as much as they did with with um, Winston. You don't need, just, but you don't you don't you don't need to throw it. I think that I do think that this is going to hurt Mike Evans more than it hurts Chris Godwin. Yeah, I, 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 could, I can agree with that. I mean, but Chris, you know that Chris Godwin was wide receiver two in, in, in fantasy last season. Yes. You remember that, right? I mean, he, he, had, yeah. he, he, was, he, was, he was better than Julio. He was better than DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he was four points per game better than Amari Cooper. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I'm just a little bit wary of a Brady who we've seen in decline and who, I mean, and like, and I, and I say that because Brady has never been a guy who's needed a lot of star power at wide receiver to produce. But, you know, like last year, I mean, he, he had decent receivers, but, and still, and still we saw a, a decrease in his, in his play. And so I just, I, 
And you have to think his, his receivers I mean, were his receivers were dog shit last year. They tried to bring in Mohamed Sanu as the injection. You love Nikhil Harry. Well, they didn't play Nikhil Harry until week ten or whatever. In any case, do you do you think Tampa Bay's offensive line compares to the Patriots, or how do you think they compare to the Patriots? Not favorably. <laughs> okay, um, I just don't. Again, it's like it's same. It's similar with like Philip Rivers. I just. I can't go on name recognition alone for these guys anymore. It's well, just but, trash, man. You don't. I'm just. What I'm saying is, I think it hurts Mike Evans. I've moved Mike Evans down. I just. You take the fact that Arians always has a Heinz Ward or a Larry Fitzgerald type of slot wide receiver that gets just peppered. You take the fact that the offensive line is going to be bad. You take the fact that Tom Brady loves throwing it to slot wide receivers to begin with, and you add in the fact that maybe he could be under a little bit more pressure to get this ball out a little more quickly. To me, it all adds up to even more Chris Godwin. I, I like Goblin. I like Goblin. I just think the passing attack is may not be the be the thing of <laughs> the thing of excitement that we've seen in recent history with the with the Buccaneers. So yeah, maybe that means just a Mike Evans gets downgraded. Fair fair enough. A, a big upgrade for Kenyon Drake. He he officially signed an eight point five million dollar uh, transaction tag or uh, an eight point five million dollar transition tag. With the Cardinals. So that's done and done and done. Now, Trash Man, here's the big question. Before we get into some of these these ADP risers and followers, we talk quickly about Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back out of Vanderbilt. You said that if we can expect Kenyon Drake to have his role from last season, I, don't, I forgot if you said this on the Sirius show or whether you said it on the podcast. Do we need to go by what you said that he should be a that he should be a late first round pick in in, in fantasy i think so <laughs> you think you should be taking Kenyon drake in the late first because that would mean that you're taking Kenyon drake ahead of leonard fournette aaron jones and either Devonte adams or deandre hopkins i mean let's look at I mean, if you look at his last three games with the Cardinals, I mean, 137 yards. I know. I mean, I, I've I watched four touchdowns, it. Four touchdowns, 166 team. yards, two touchdowns. Look, man, we all saw it. Yeah. Is it? It's a great offense. I think it's a great situation. That, that's gotten better, arguably. Yeah. Oh, no. in, in, inarguably. Inarguably. Yeah. With, with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. My question is, I just, to me, he feels more like a guy who you start considering once you start considering Austin Eckler. I think, I so, think that, you know, I think it's like Austin Eckler, Tyreek Hill, Kenyon Drake, who am I taking at more like 2.03, 2.04 sort of area? Do you th- really think he needs to get pushed? I mean, we, we need to be that aggressive versus current ADP. With, I mean, I'd rather be, I'd rather be ahead on that curve. I mean, like, I feel like one of the more high octane offenses. He's going to be like a three down back. I don't. I would rather have the upside of someone like a Drake. He has an ADP right now of two point zero seven. I haven't priced him. The roster watch nation will be taking him at like two point zero four. I feel like we're. I that's, feel like we're high on him. Okay. Right. Okay. I just, 
in, in, in relation, it looks like we're relatively low on Austin Eckler. How do you feel about that? Well, how low are we? His ADP right now is like a 2.02, and we have him priced in right there with Kenyon Drake, more than 2.04 to 2.05. It depends on how you want those two guys stacked up. He could be more, it could be, it could be we're two spots low, or it could be we're three. I think maybe we should just play ADP there and just leverage the fact that we're still high on, still high on Kenyon Drake and maybe not get too low on it. I don't, I don't want to be too, I don't want to fade Eckler too much. Yeah, I think it's fine true. for right. I think it's fine for right now to have him above Kenyon Drake. But see, these are just the kinds of conversations that we have to have with the cheat sheet. Like we always tell people, I mean, the cheat sheets aren't at, okay. rankings. This isn't let's, rankings. This is leverage versus ADP. Let's talk about Austin Eckler real quick, though. Like he only had one hundred yard rushing game last season. I don't think I we're depending he, on him to. I don't think we're depending. I on understand him to pound the fucking ball between the tackles. I, 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 mean, I understand. I understand that, but you're also probably depending on. You know, uh, a young quarterback. I mean, I mean that's just something to think about, in, in my opinion. What? The fact that he's only had he only had one hundred yard game rushing game last season. No, but, I get it. I get it. I th- I just I th- I think with the construct I think with the construction of the cheat sheet right now the best ball cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com and with the market shaking out the way it is right now I feel like we have built in leverage here to where it takes into account your concern about Eckler and also takes into concern or takes into account your optimism with Drake with, without having to get too sideways about an all a full on Eckler fade at this point until we get more information. Yeah, right? I like that. I mean, oh, all right. Um, all right, cool. Well, so let's talk about then some of these risers and followers in best ball. You can just give me a couple of couple of quick thoughts, and we won't talk about the guys who are. I mean, the guys who've had the the guy who's had the biggest rise is Hayden Hurst, um, up from like the two hundreds ADP, two hundred thirties ADP, all the way up to one forty six over the course of the last ten days. Any thoughts on him? I didn't want to get into these super deep guys, but you know, you are the trash man. Um, <laughs> Hayden Hurst, Randall Cobb, Jordan Howard. Philip Rivers and Antonio Brown, the top five biggest risers, even though they're kind of risers sort of in that bottom bottom of the barrel tier. Do you uh, – any of those guys you like? We've already kind of talked about Jordan Howard on there do, on here. Do you like Randall Cobb, Hayden Hurst? I know you don't like Philip Rivers. You'll never like him. And Antonio Brown, <laughs> it just feels – Antonio Brown feels like he's just been picking up steam because there was the rumors that Brady wanted to bring him along to Tampa Bay. Right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I do like Hurst. He's he's got really reliable hands. Um, they say well, he caught thirty of, of, of thirty nine uh, targets last last season with the with the Ravens. So I think he's solid there. I mean, and I think he's I think he's a better athlete than an Austin Hooper. He's a good player too, man. Like I saw, we have him in, up up in our pro day uh, archives. We were there at that pro day. He had an excellent pro day. He's he's a really he's one of these. I, like you said, trash man, big hands, but soft hands. He's, he's old, but this is just redraft. I don't really care about that. And, um, I just, I don't know whether that role out of Austin Hooper last year, if that's going to, that was such a one year anomaly. I'm not sure whether Matt Ryan, but right. Well, we're know. used to seeing tight ends being productive on a Matt Ryan offense. Uh, yeah, yeah. Off and on, right. If they're good, they're sometimes good in that offense. Right. If yeah, good, if they, got a, if they got a good, 
yeah, if they're good, they're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I could buy it with Hayden Hurst. What about some of these other guys that are more kind of factoring into traditional t- kind Randall of Randall Cobb. Do you do you, do you like Randall Cobb? He currently has a one eighty ADP. He's, he's I have great. to. <laughs> Why do you have to? You don't have to do well, anything, who, trash who man. Else we live I, in America. Who else can I like on the Texans in the passing game, at least consistently? Well, I mean, the the next guy I was going to mention was Will Fuller. He's moved up 30 spots in the last 10 days. Yeah, he's going to be great until his hamstring gives out in, in or week his, three. Or his, or his knee or his collarbone or his fucking finger or his toe or anything, his ankle. It is – it's been tough with it's been tough with him. I, I mean, I that's crazy to me. That's still crazy to me. Why would they make him their the the linchpin in that receiving core? I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Bill O'Brien. I mean, we don't we don't need to have a Bill O'Brien's a moron podcast. I feel like everybody's <laughs> had one. Um, yeah. So Randall Cobb. I mean, a one eighty ADP. You're looking at him. What it's like this? Like you're looking at him right before you take kicker in defense you know nobody's taking him uh right now they probably what's happened is he's just moved up into the range where nobody was taking him period to the range where people were taking a flyer on him you know 14th I round think it represents great value yeah I, I i like that a little bit um will fuller like we just mentioned you're not interested in him at the at the uh Seven eight turn. I think that that's kind of interesting. Seven eight seven eight seven eight seven eight's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where he's going. Eighty six point. So seven times twelve is eighty four. So he's going at what the eight oh two. That's that's really reasonable. Yeah, I think it's fine. What about Daryl Henderson? Can you really buy in his ADP's jump? His his ADP's vaulted up thirty spots to where he's now right here at um, more at the end of the seventh. 77th overall he's jumped from you know 107th 108th or so so what is that yeah seventh seventh round adp early seventh mid what 7.05 you think he's gonna be the guy no his legs are too skinny. I don't he's got the, he's got those Jeremy McFadden legs man we, we said it at the combine man this guy you know he he looked awesome uh, in co- in college, the film was awesome. You get, you saw him at the combine, though. You're like, man, he's got some skinny calves and some skinny little thighs on him. Um, I I don't understand why he never got worked in at all last year. Yeah, you know, Jesus. They, I mean, they they you know, the Rams had every opportunity to not only play him. Uh, I mean, and then you know, Gurley gets hurt. Malcolm Brown. Get, these, these guys go out and they get they. C.J. Anderson was literally. Streaming, playing video games on Twitch whenever they called him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Like he wasn't like he was the, he wasn't even on the street. That motherfucker was on the couch. And <laughs> I mean, so I don't I don't really know what to make out of Daryl Henderson. I'm I'm certainly look. This they're going to draft it. a back, right? They're going to draft oh, a back. Of, of course, they're going to draft a back. They hate John Kelly. They can't trust Malcolm Brown, and I think that they think that taking Daryl Henderson was a mistake. I don't think the Rams like anything that they've done with the with the running back position. Period. This is a good class. They're going to draft a good one. What if they get Jonathan Taylor or something? Oh, that'd be sick. Daryl Daryl Henderson will be vaporized. Like, <laughs> like he'll be abs- he'll be he'll be absolutely worthless for fantasy. Um, let's see. Who? Let's just do one other. All right. Well, how about this? Um, before we get into the uh, before we get into the rookies, I know you haven't done Clyde Edwards-Hilaire yet, but he's seen a big, big rise. Um, how about Kyler Murray? 
He's up twenty spots. I guess that's just the that's just the DeAndre Hopkins effect, is isn't it? Yeah. Well, and I mean, like Murray, if he can actually be consistent in his production, he's a he's an excellent fantasy quarterback. Oh yeah. Oh ho 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 yeah. Uh, love Kyler this year. Love that I get to keep him in one of our oldest and most uh, most most competitive leagues for like a for like a eleventh round pick. I can't believe you guys let me do that last year, especially in a keeper league. Let's see. Um, he needs Keyshawn, to he needs to limit the turnovers, but yeah, I like it. Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt, five foot nine and five eighths inches, two hundred and fourteen pounds, eight and seven eighths inch hand. 30 and 7 eighths inch arm. He ran a 4-5-1-40 at the Combine. He is 23 years old, although he will be... No, he's currently 22, he, but he'll turn 23 on May 4th. So he'll be 23 for the entirety of his um, first year in the NFL in 2020. He's a 35.3% uh, percentile spark athlete. So pretty bad there as far as his testing. The I mean... Actually, one of the worst. The only guys who tested worse than him at the Combine, J.J. Taylor, Javon Leak, Tony Jones, Salvin Ahmed, Anthony McFarland, Scotty Phillips, and Benny LeMay. So one of the worst testers at the whole – oh, and Zach Moss out of, out of Utah who, who tested miserably. So a bottom, you know, bottom quarter as far as this year's participants, bottom third as far as traditional running backs at the NFL level as far as his spark percentile – he was a 55% um, contributor as far as market share of team rush attempts last season, a 14% contributor of team receptions, a 36% contributor of total team, uh, total team overall offensive yards, and a, and a 48% contributor at 10 touchdowns of total team offensive touchdowns. How bad was Vanderbilt last season that you could account for 48% of the touchdowns having scored only 10 Antonio Gibson scored 12, and he was only 18% of the touchdowns for Memphis. <laughs> I mean, come on. Jonathan Taylor had 26 touchdowns, and he had 46% of theirs. Keyshawn Vaughn had 10, he had 48% of Vanderbilt's um, uh, offensive touchdowns. And, dude, so it goes without saying that, that that offense was bad. Keyshawn Vaughn took a step back from his junior to his senior season at Vandy. With that said, you know, we got to see him for one day at the Senior Bowl. He looked kind of good. I liked Joshua Kelly much more at the Senior Bowl than I liked uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. And uh, you know what? Having to do it all over again, I'm kind of glad that Keyshawn Vaughn did miss the rest of practice because it opened up the door for Antonio Gibson to really show us with a lot of volume during practice the kind of baller that he is. And with with Keyshawn Vaughn, it's like it isn't that I wouldn't want to see him more because I would have wanted to see him more. But I think that his evaluation is pretty open and shut for me. He looks... He looks like he's a reasonable NFL running back, maybe a bit of a plotter, um, but good enough, you know, good enough foot speed, not great lateral agility, and somebody that I look at and I see like a Spencer Ware or Zach Stacy or that kind of player where it's just like what you see is what you get, real meat and potatoes kind of runner. I'm not sure he's going to give you that much in the receiving game. I'm not sure he's going to give you that much flash and sizzle as a dude that's going to, you know, has the ability to pop a big play at at any point in time. I mean, maybe a good—I didn't thought about this till now. Maybe a, maybe a good comp is just a slightly poorer man's David Montgomery. What do you like? What do you think of that? Now, that's not a. 
Uh, that's not a bad comparison. What yeah, do you think I mean, of him? I mean, what is, what's your book on what? What's your book on Keyshawn Vaughn? To me, it's a very meh kind of kind of prospect. He's the kind of guy though that if he fell to the right system, and I knew that he was going to be getting, you know, eighteen touches or something in some week. And if I could get him for minimum price in DFS, I would. I'd, I'd get him in every day of the week. I, I, I think he's fine. I think he's right. Yeah, I think know, he's. I think he's reliable. I think he's a reliable running back, and I mean, and he's shown that in, in his college career, and but. Yeah, you're not expecting – I mean you're kind of relying on some you know, uh, goal line touches there to buffer his, his fantasy scores. But yeah, and he's not going to do much in the passing game for you. He's not going to break open a, a, a lot of big runs. But I think you know, in standard formats, I think, I think in, 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 the right, in the right situation, he could be somebody you plug and play. Yeah, he's – He's sturdy. He seems like he's pretty dependable. Just not very exciting. And when you when you heard him at the combine, you just talk about, you know, it's just he talked a lot about, you know, the, he had good numbers last year despite the offense having struggled. You know, he said that, you know, he just he talked about how look, it's like it just shows how dedicated I am. It's like how I can fight through adversity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it, it shows that I can. It shows that I can still work hard despite the circumstances. And like from everything that I saw of him there at the combine podium, there. I mean, he's he stuck around the Senior Bowl for the rest of the week to be around his teammates. I know that he talked at the combine about how he just he just grew up being a huge fan of. Um, Ladanian Tomlinson. How do you how do you compare his game to to LT's? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 